The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. All right, everybody, it is Friday. July 28th, 2023, and it is indeed a heck of a morning. We are live on the MMA Fighting Twitter spaces. You can hear the show in its entirety shortly thereafter on the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network. I am Mike Heck. Happy Friday, indeed. Because we are on the eve of UFC 291. We are on the eve of Spence Crawford. We're kind of on the eve of Bellator versus Ryzen 2. That's going to start late tomorrow night and carry into Sunday morning. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. We have the official UFC 291 weigh-ins going down at the top of the hour. You can watch live on our YouTube channel at 11 a.m. Of course, my best friend, Alexander K. Lee, will be hosting. Casey Lydon will be there. Jose will be there on site in Salt Lake City. For all the fighters stepping on the scale. So buckle up. It's going to be a crazy weekend in the world of combat sports. Today is Friday. You know what that means on the show. We could talk about MMA. We could talk about all the stuff going on this weekend. We could talk UFC 291. Whatever you want. And it's also free for all Friday. So when I say we could talk about whatever you want, we could talk about whatever you want. It doesn't have to be MMA. It could be other stuff. Whatever the hell you want. So let's get into this thing. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Rafi Sports, you are first in line. How are you, sir? Hey, good morning, Mike. How are you doing? I'm good. Me too, man. How are? What's going on? Yeah, so I, I want to ask you two questions regarding UFC 291. First, I want to know your co-main and main predictions. And second question is, Whoever wins the co-main event, who who should they fight? Do you think they should fight Yuri Pasco for the vacant title? Or if Alex fights maybe like Adesanya Light Heavyweight, what do you think? Thanks, man. So what makes this card so good is that I literally have no idea what's going to happen in either the main or co-main event. Like the main event's just going to – it's so evenly matched – I think Poirier is slightly more well-rounded, but 
Gaethje can offset that with his striking and his chaos and everything he brings to the table. So it is such a good fight. If I'm betting on this fight, I'm betting on whoever the underdog is. So I believe Justin Gaethje's the slight dog right now. Let me just pull it up real quick. If I had to, if someone was like, Mike, here's 20 bucks, but you can only bet on the money line for the main event. Yeah. Poirier minus 145, Justin Gaethje plus 125. I'd put it on Justin Gaethje. And if the roles were reversed and Gaethje was the favorite and Poirier was the dog, I'd put it on Poirier because it's just the value is there. But all things even, 50-50 odds. I lean Poirier. He won the first one. I just think he has slightly more ways to win. So I will lean him, but it wouldn't shock me if, if Justin Gaethje won. It really wouldn't. And the co-main event, it's right now it's even money, minus 110 across the board. Everything on paper is telling me that Jan Bohovic should win this running away. It won't be the most thrilling fight we've ever seen, if that's the case, if how I feel on paper plays out. However, I got a hunch. My gut is telling me that Jan Blachowicz is going to dominate like 12 minutes of this fight. And then Alex Pereira is just going to cold him in the third round. I don't know why I have that feeling. I just feel like the stars are aligning for just an absolutely insane fight between Alex Pereira and Yuri Prohashka for the vacant title. And to answer your other question, yeah, I think the winner... I'm not 100% convinced the winner gets... Yuri for the vacant belt. I mean, if Pereira wins, he's going to win by spectacular knockout. So he'll definitely get it. If Bohovic wins, it really, I think it depends on how he wins. If the fight is fun and Bohovic wins a decision, I think Dana will have no problem going up to the press conference and saying that. But if it's a slog, if it's a slow burning Bohovic fighting, just real, real smart and just taking Pereira down over and over again and grinding him out for a 30-27, I don't know if Dane is going to go up there and be like, yeah, it's definitely Jan Bohovic. But I don't know who else it could be. So I, my guess is the winner gets Yuri, but I'm not 100% convinced on Jan. It all depends on the, how he wins. It's got to be somewhat entertaining. I will say that. Let's go to Derek. Derek, hello. Hey, how's it going, Mike? Um, so I don't want to take credit for this question because yesterday I was scrolling online and I saw somebody else ask it, but I thought it was interesting. Um, Fury and Ganu box October 28th and John Jones and Stipe fight November 11th. In your opinion, which one of those fights sells more pay-per-views? Thanks, man. I mean, probably, it's probably John Jones. It's probably John Stipe. And if they do add, because they're going to stack the hell out of that card like they always do when they go to MSG. If Colby Leon or Edwards Covington champion first pal, if they do Leon Colby as the co-main event, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to clobber it. I think Fury and Ghana will do okay. I, I don't think it's going to do like a million pay-per-views. I mean, they'll build it up. There will be interest there. I will certainly watch it. I think 
even the people who are like, oh, this is stupid. I think 30% of those people who think it's stupid are going to shell out the money and watch it anyway, just because they're so intrigued and everyone's going to be talking about it. And I think the price point for Fury and Gano is going to be important as well. If it's like 30, if it's like 40 bucks or something, if it's like half the price of a UFC pay-per-view, I think that'll help. But John's a, John's a draw right now. Stipe is still a really big name. If they do Leon Colby on there as well, I will lean, I will lean 295, getting the better, getting the, the better number. But the problem is we'll never know. We'll never know. We might know, we might get something about Fury and Ganu, but we ain't going to get shit about Joan Stipe. We won't know what the actual numbers are. But as far as like, Interest levels, like what fight, what event will do like better traffic wise, if I had to guess, like on the website, I think Fury and Ghana is going to, is going to do better. Mostly because I don't know if everyone's going to want to shell out the money to watch it, but they will pay attention on the site. Some of these boxing cards do insane numbers on the website. It's wild. It's wild. And that fight just seems like one of those crazy fights that'll do really well. But I do think uh, UFC 295 does better overall if we ever get those numbers. Let's go to Eric. What up, Eric? Because he, he's getting old and he's uh, – do you think he's going to retire and – and I, I agree with you. I think Justin, I think it's going to be between, it's going to be a good fight between Justin Gage and Dustin Boy. I think Dustin Boy is going to have, have the better win because he has a better boxing. And yeah, and uh, that's it. Bye, guys. Yeah, I, I mean, Poirier is just a better defensive fighter than Gaethje. But Gaethje just, Gaethje throws those leg kicks and you can try and prepare all you want for them. They're still going to hurt like hell. And Gaethje did a great job in the first fight, late in the leg kicks. Uh, Poirier could barely stand. Heading into the fourth round before he got the finish, he just landed a big shot. But Gaethje was doing really well in that fight. I'd like to see Poirier. Like, Poirier has started to kick a lot more. His leg kicks are real good. Something that he's developed over time. And I think Gaethje's kind of susceptible to the body a little bit because he's got that high standing guard. So I think Poirier could roast the ribs a little bit. I'd like to see that out of him. If you're like someone who's betting on Poirier, you'd probably want to see him go to the body as much as possible in this fight. And the big factor to me is, and I know Justin Gaethje is really good defensively when it comes to grappling and wrestling. He's just not great getting off of his back. If Poirier could get a, could get a takedown and mix them in, he probably is going to win that round if he gets one, but that's a big if. So love that fight. Cannot wait. I, I honestly have no idea what's going to happen. Will Ferguson retire? Probably not. He's just, I mean, the, the dude is out of his mind right now. And even if he goes out and gets melted by Bobby Green, I don't know. Ferguson can win. Like he's got a chance to win this fight. Like, if I'm betting on this one, I'm definitely betting Tony Ferguson. Plus 310, I feel like this one should be lined a little bit closer. Tony's losing 
to the cream of the crop. I don't really count the Nate Diaz fight because it was a last second thing. All the chaos at 279 and maybe Diaz, like Ferguson just, you know, he says he didn't take Nate seriously. He got a, he probably got a big bag to switch around and be the main event. So I'm sure he was just satisfied with that. But we'll see. We'll see. Tony's doing what he always does on Fight Week. He is generating interest. He's saying crazy shit. And Bobby Green is a really good dance partner. So I think by the time tomorrow comes, even though we could be sad at the results and we're going to be watching with like one eye open, I do think by the time that fight gets there, we're going to be like, oh my God, like, let's see what's going to happen here. But no, I don't think Tony's going to retire. If he goes out there and it just gets knocked out, I would like to see him retire, but we don't get good things in the sport more often than not when it comes to that. Uh, Four Quarter Sports, what's up? Hey, Mike. Heck of a morning. Um, so I have a couple things. Um, one, I, I have a feeling that uh, Ferguson might end up winning, but what's the line on Ferguson winning by submission? Just because I feel like, yes, even though I think in the hit, in one of Bobby Green's most recent losses, he got knocked out. I'm not assuming that what's it called Ferguson will be winning by by that that fashion. I feel that like the only way that he will win is um, by submission, just because I feel like Bobby is in a out of volume with him, and he's gonna end up you know putting out more than uh, Ferguson. And I feel like in this stage of uh, Ferguson's career, I feel that. Um, the only way that Ferguson will be able to win is if uh, he catches um, Bobby on the on the floor, you know, with, with a guillotine or a rear naked choke or something of that nature, um, forcing Bobby to tap out. So I'm interested on, on that line. What's the line for um, Ferguson to uh, win by submission? Um, second thing I wanted to talk about is um, Gage, uh, Justin Gaethje. Now, I know you said that he's not great getting um, off from his back, but... The most important thing is for him to be taken down. And I was re-watching the Habib fight, and I felt that Habib, you know, had to work a little bit to get Justin Gaethje onto the floor. But I don't feel that, you know, Dustin's probably going to shoot for a lot of takedowns. Maybe might might be in the first round just to offset, you know, the rhythm. But I feel like if Gaethje can really implement those leg kicks really early, you know, that can, you know, take away a dynamic of, uh, of uh, Dustin Poirier. And then lastly, I forgot where I heard it on MMA Fighting, but I remember somebody ended up uh, suggesting what's it called, Sergey Pavlovich versus, uh, what was it, uh, Tom Aspinall, um, you know, for the MSG card. Why do, you know, if they do make Conor McGregor versus um, Michael Chandler for December, why don't they put put that fight on that card? And, you know, what do you think is the likelihood that they make MSG a three-title fight? card having the the vacant light heavyweight title on that same card you know with uh, john john Cipe and the potential of uh colby covington versus uh, leon edwards all right thanks mike so if they do a third i think if they do a third title fight on that card it's not going to be the vacant light heavyweight title it'll be the vacant women's bantamweight title dupena pennington as the first of three title fights then do leon colby then do Joan Stipe, because you may Con- – the Connor thing is just so weird. You you kind of have to plan to not have him, and if you get him, you could just kind of work around it. I think you need to kind of just keep that vacant title fight 
ready to go. Whether it, I mean, if Connor can't fight in December, you need a, a compelling main event for December. And I think if Yuri, especially if Alex wins, if they do Yuri versus Alex, like that's a big ass fight, and that's a fight people get excited about. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they'll do Asp- Aspinall Pavlovich at MSG. Kind of makes sense. I mean, if that's if you have the three title fights, that fight on there, and then you add one more for that, that's a ridiculous main card right there. There's a lot on the line. We'll see what happens at the main event again. I don't really know what's going to happen. The Tony Ferguson by submission prop, according to DraftKings, plus twelve hundred. Tony Ferguson by by decision plus six fifty. I think there's value on I think there's a little bit of value on both of those. Like if you're gonna bet on Tony Ferguson, instead of like putting a unit on Tony Ferguson straight, just put a put a half unit on Tony by submission and put a half unit on Tony by decision. Because there is a way Tony can win this fight by decision. If Tony just comes out and just goes guns blazing, the issues he's had hasn't really been cardio related issues. So I don't think that's gonna play a huge factor in this fight. But if he could put a pace on Bobby Green and start to wear him out, there is a path. There is a path there. And on the flip side, if you're going to bet Bobby Green, don't take the straight line. Bobby Green by decision is plus money, plus 120. Bobby Green by KO is plus 165. You get more value there than, what is he, minus, what is he, minus 380 or something? He's, I think he's the biggest favorite on the whole card. So, something to look into. Let's go to Sivaram. A lot of people lined up. I love this. I love this. Yeah, Bobby Green minus 380. Biggest favorite on the card. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, Sivaram? Good, how are you? Uh, talked with you. Uh, I have some things to uh, say on this space. Uh, first of all, are you a Marvel fan or a DC fan, Mike? Mm, I, I guess both. Depends. <laughs> it's, it, it all depends. If my kid wants to see something of either, then I'm in. <laughs> no problem. Because I just watched the Flash movie, and it was amazing movie. I don't know why it's filed at uh, box office. Uh, that's uh, one thing that I want to talk about. And coming to the MMA, 
uh i'm really excited to watch the fight between price mitchell versus danige and game rod versus uh, fijiv uh i really thought i really think the danige is a very dangerous fighter uh, when i watched the fight between uh, nate the train versus danige uh, you know uh, price versus toporia match played uh, like a, you know he said that he's uh, suffered from the cold or fever something like that uh, uh price is mostly a wrestler a 70% mixed with a wrestler with 30% boxing uh, danige we all know how he he got a one punch one punch power knockout uh, so i really very excited to watch that fight and as same gamnet is a good grappler and a wrestler and when it comes to the physique uh, he is an excellent boxer with a 190% takedown defense so it's very intriguing to watch those fights and uh, i want to know what's your thoughts on those upcoming uh, fights between them and coming to the, this main event on this weekend uh i'm a big fan of tony ferguson because he is the reason that i started to watch the mma in uh, 2020 uh, when the the covid is going on this uh, lockdown is happening so when i started to watch all tony ferguson matches he started to lose on his five lo- uh, losing losing streak so i i am pretty much Uh, waiting to see at least he is winning a one match so but he is saying that he is going to be on the five match winning streak and getting a title before retiring a uh, lot of fans saying he is suffering from cte like lies those things like those things uh, but either way as a fan of tony ferguson <laughs> i can't support that but if he gets to do that it could be a, written as a fantasy like a lot of things like that and those about my uh, that's about my thoughts and the fight between justin gezi and uh, dustin poirier i had a dream that justin gezi is going to beat uh, dustin poirier i'm a big dustin poirier fan but he get on to win the uh, lightweight title by beating uh, islam makhachev <laughs> it was my dream back when the fight was announced back uh, two months ago uh, that's it mike Damn, powerful dream right there. It'd be nuts if that all happens. Uh yeah, I mean I'm not, like DC Marvel, it's not my thing. Um but like my kids into all that stuff. We haven't seen the Flash yet. Saw the preview, saw Michael Keaton as Batman and I thought that was pretty cool, but I haven't seen the movie yet. Yeah, a bunch of fights we confirmed yesterday. Uh Danny Gay versus Bryce Mitchell is one of them, September 23rd. Rafael Fiziev versus Batush Gamrat will headline that card. Great fights. I'm bummed that the that card's going to be at the Apex, but that's kind of what we're going to get. But both really interesting fights. Love them. We also confirmed Giga Chikadze versus Alex Caceres on the Singapore card. That's a great fight too. Good to see Giga back. Good to see Caceres getting a guy with a number next to his name. and we'll see what he can do with it. So, yeah, all really good fights. Uh, I love that Fazeevan Gamrat to get in the main event treatment, much deserved. That is going to be a fight that is uh, I'm the anticipation is going to build the closer and closer we get to it. There's no doubt about that. And I think Tony Ferguson, you know, I, I think there's a soft spot for Tony Ferguson with a lot of fans whether you became a fan during the pandemic or you've been a fan for a decade. I think Tony's one of those guys that 
most people enjoy watching. And that's, you know, it's kind of like BJ Penn in a lot of respects. BJ was the best fighter in the world at one point in his career, pound for pound. Then he loses the lightweight title and he's just taking weird fights and just getting bolted by people. And it was just getting sadder and sadder and sadder to watch. And maybe Tony can pull it off tomorrow. Maybe he can do it. I don't know. But I think, I mean, if he just goes out and gets, just gets blasted by Bobby Green or Bobby just lands like 170 significant strikes and in, in, in a decision win, it's going to be tough to watch. It's going to be tough to watch. Four-ounce sniper. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Good. Hey, just real quick for you, uh, what are your thoughts and expectations on the card going down this weekend? Uh, I look at it from my perspective, and I'm pretty excited for every single fight on the card. And then also, if I gave you $50 or 100 bucks, whatever, uh, what would be your best bets for this weekend? That's all, Mike. Hmm. This is like, look, I'm not a gambler, uh, but I would assume those who are. It seems like a tough one. It seems like a tough one to bet on, if if we're being honest. This is just like value, hope, really. <sighs> I would, I mean, I would probably bet Derek Lewis. I, I think he's going to win. If, I mean, if he loses to Marcus Ruggiero to Lima tomorrow, this will be by far the worst loss of his career. Like by far, the worst loss of his career. I feel like Derek's going to win this fight. I feel like it's lined up for him to do it. I know Ruggiero to Lima is is pretty durable. Doesn't get finished a whole lot, but Derek Lewis just has lunch boxes and he can finish anybody. So. I think there's value on Derek Lewis at plus 190. That line just continues to get steamed up. Mm. Let me look at this line real quick. What is it? What, where is it? Where are you? There you go. Uh, Jake Matthews versus Darius Flowers like is a good little parlay piece. Uh, fight doesn't go to the distance. I know it's minus 300, but if we're going to put together a like little chalky parlay, I don't think that fight's going to the cards at all. Either Darius Flowers is just going to run over Jake Matthews in 90 seconds, or Jake Matthews is going to tap him at the end of the first round of round two. That's just kind of the story of Darius Flowers' career. It's just a lot of value, man. I mean, I maybe Miranda Maverick, Priscilla Cachoeira over two and a half. I would probably take a look at. I think Gabriel Bonfim has a really good night against Trevin Giles. This is just tough, man. These are tough. I think there's a lot of, I think it's just a lot of dog plays, really. You just look for value on these close fights and try to get them. Like Kiesa had a dog money, plus 120. I do think Kevin Holland could win, but... You're giving me Kiesa plus 120 who hold who has a distinct path to victory. Not a bad look. It, this is just a really tough card to bet on. But Michelle Pereira at dog money isn't a bad bet, even though he's a a really tough guy to put your money on. I don't know, man. This is a, this is a tough one. This is a tough one. 
listen to No Bets Fired. They'll tell you. They'll tell you what to bet on. And I don't think they're conf- really confident about a lot on this card, I would, I would have to say. Uh, Miran, hello. Miran, are you there? You're muted. Can you hear me now? Yes. How are you, sir? I'm good. You okay? I'm good. So I have two questions for you. And the first is, is uh, Kamza and Costa is a common event? And second, is Nate and Jake Paul doing enough to promote their fight or have they done enough to promote their fight? That's all. Thank you. So as of now, Hamzat versus Costa is the co-main event. I think it's a damn good co-main event. By the time we get to that fight card, I know there's a lot of Charles Oliveira fans that come into the space all the time. Um, and I know Charles is over like Rover. He's becoming one of the big stars of the company. I think there'll be excitement for that, but I think all eyes by the time we get to 294 are going to be on Shamayev and Costa. So I think that's a perfect homemade event. That's fine. Like normally they more oftentimes they not than not they bring two title fights over, but golly. But it's, uh, Shamayev Costa is going to be so much heat on that. Once you get to media days and press conferences, it's just going to be insane. So that I think that'll be a fine co-main event. I'm intrigued to see how they fill up the rest of the card. We got Muhammad Mahaya versus Tim Elliott, Ikram Malaskarov versus Nasruddin Imovov. They need more, that's for sure. I wonder if like maybe Piotr Jan fights on that card against somebody on the rise. We'll see. Are Jake Paul and Nate Diaz doing enough to promote it? Um... Yeah, I think so. There's like not much. I mean, they're also very smart. There's not much you could do right now. Like, there's not much you could really do. I know the fight's next week, but they're putting out stuff. Like, Nate's doing more media than I think I've ever seen him do leading into a fight. Uh, so, yeah. But, again, I, I think by the time we get to next week, I think things will heat up. Things will heat up. I, I am intrigued by it. I really am. I know a lot of people like shit on it and oh, stop covering Jake Paul, whatever. And I'm going to be there. I'm going to be in Dallas. So I am excited about that. Obviously, the MMA Hour crew are all going to be there as well. So we will be, we will have a big team on the ground in Dallas. But I think like once we get to workouts and once we hear from these fighters and see them face off i think things will start to heat up but i mean what's the point of like going crazy with promotion right now you got 291 coming up you get spence crawford coming up unloading the clip on promotion right this second doesn't make a whole lot of sense but people are still talking about it so they're doing enough and then next week i think they'll really start to ramp it up i think jake paul's netflix doc comes out so that's not gonna hurt either so i think they'll be okay i think they'll get there uh, Jay Stat, hello. See you. What's up? Yeah, uh, another dog play that I like is actually in another sport. You could get Spence at uh, plus one twenty five right now, and I'm actually picking him to win. I know that that's a fifty fifty fight, but I just thought, think Spence had fought the better competition in my opinion. So yeah, that'd be all. Yeah, the value is on the underdog. It's the same way I look at the main event right now. If I have to bet on the main event of UFC two ninety one. I'm betting the dog, whoever it is. 
because they're so, in my opinion, so evenly matched. It's a 50-50 fight, and you're giving me 25 or 15 to 25 extra points on either Gaethje or Poirier, I would take it in a heartbeat. I think that's where it lies. And if this line flipped over the next 24 hours, I would pick Poirier. But I just think that's a, it's just a value play more than anything. Let's go to Cole, then we'll go to CV, then we'll go to High Pugilist, and we'll go to Mike. There's a whole bunch of you, so we'll uh, we'll get you. We'll get to everybody. Cole, hello. Hi, Mike. I couldn't help, but when I was sitting down to watch the press conference yesterday and realized Dana wasn't going to be there, I had a little panic attack because who the hell is going to be the guy to ask, all right, who's got the first question? So I just want your quick thoughts on, like, what do you make of John Anik being like an infinitely better promoter for those kind of things? <laughs> but him just by saying one sentence, you're like, we got two of the best motherfuckers up here. Let's go. Like, that's it. That's all you got to fucking say, Dana. Like, he doesn't even do that. So I just want your thoughts on that. And Yeah, that's all I got. So I've been saying for well over a year that John Anik should be hosting all the press conferences. He should be hosting them all. I know it's cool to get Dana up there and you want to ask Dana questions, but if it's not related to the fight, then Dana ain't going to answer him. So like, what's the point of him being there? What's the point of him being there? He'll obviously promote the main event and he'll, he's got things in the can that he'll say, but John just speaks from the heart and he just, he just gives a shit way more in those types of situations. I'm not saying John should be like the promoter of the UFC and like run the company, but John should be hosting the press conferences. He's so good at it. He's so good. He looks like a couple of Billy speaks. Well, dude, get you fired up. He gets you fired up way more than Dana does way more. So yeah, John should be hosting all of them in my, in my opinion. And Dana can still be on site and, Face everybody off on Friday and all that fun stuff. Obviously, he, you don't put John up there for the face-offs, but you put Dane up there for the, for the big ceremonials. Dana does the post-fight presser. But Anik should be the press conference guy. He should be the pre-fight press conference dude. He gets it moving. He allows things to breathe. John's, just, John's a great host. You can't just promote. You have to host. You have to know when to let things Carry on if fighters go back and forth. You have to know when to stop it. And John's a pro when it comes to that. It's just a whole new era. People want drama. People want certain questions asked. And, you know, five, six years ago, Dana would allow some of those questions. Like Kevin Holland and, and Mazadal. What happened at the hotel? Like, Anik isn't going to stop that question from being asked. Anik's going to allow an answer to be given. So I just think he's better in those spots. He's better in those spots. Those press conferences are infinitely better when he's there. I love it. Let's go to CV. CV, you're there. No, oh, Mike, heck of a morning. Um, you too. No, no MMA questions for me. Just one quick question. Um, thoughts on the Jalen Brown contract, and do you think he stays as a Celtic for the rest of his career? Thanks. Rest of his career? No. No. I mean, if they keep giving him super maxes, he will, but... 
I don't know if he if it all depends. If he wins a title during this period, then and they and he's playing well and he gets supermax again, maybe. But look, this is a this is a business. This is I mean the money the amount of money being thrown around in the NBA is in absolute insanity. So it, it gets it gets to the point where loyalty doesn't really matter anymore. Like Patrice Bergeron just retired as a Bruin. And he was a Bruin the entire time. It just doesn't happen anymore. It's like very, very rare. Maybe in the NHL you get it because the money isn't the same. There's more loyalty in the NHL. NBA, it's just like, give me the money, man. Give me the money. And even you can even see like the types of contracts being offered to certain players. Like, who the fuck wants Kyrie Irving on their basketball team? But yet he's still making a floppity jillion dollars, even though he is a massive issue for every team he plays on. You can be as talented as you want, but if you don't gel, if you're not ready to put the team first, then like who gives a fuck? If you don't win, nobody cares. But I love it's good. Now we just got to get Tatum locked up. For the foreseeable future, we got to keep both those guys. You have to do it. And you just have to, those two guys are musts for the next four to five years. Keep those dudes together and just keep bringing in new guys and see what sticks. Eventually, something is going to stick and they're going to win a championship, maybe multiple championships. But those two guys are the pillars and would just keep bringing in new dudes to build around them. And eventually, we'll get the right grouping together. And we won't be talking about the Miami Heat running them off the floor. We'll be talking about them putting the absolute boots to Miami in the playoffs. Uh, hi, Pugilist. Hello. Hello. How's it going, Mike? Um, I have a couple questions. My first question is kind of a hypothetical because a lot would have to happen for this fight to happen. But um, what do you – or do you see a world where Alex Perea gets the title and Adesanya – fights him or moves up for, to the title to fight him for like a champ champ status basically and or do you even think uh, Adesanya would want to fight him and my second question is what do you make of Michael Bisming's comments about Tom Aspinall um, or John Jones not holding a candle to Tom Aspinall after his fight with Machine Tybura because I mean, obviously, he was a little biased about the on his comments. But do you see anything from his last fight that would show you that he can even, or he's even on the level of John Jones? And basically, my final question is uh, the Errol Spence and Terence Crawford fight. Everyone's making it out to be a fifty-fifty fight, but Terence Crawford is thirty-five years old and he's a smaller guy. So I think the fight should be leaning towards Errol Spence, but uh, that, that, that's all. Uh, thank you. Yeah, that's another – yeah, much, much like the 291 – like the, if I'm betting on that fight, I'm betting on the dog. I do think it's closer to 50-50. I understand where you're coming from with the youth and all that. I know level of competition is, is a part of this conversation as well, but it's just going to be sick. It's just going to be such a good fight. To the Aspinall-Jones thing, look, 
I there's the ceiling on Tom Aspinall is so high. I just am not ready to anoint him just yet. I do. I am confident in saying that of the three guys on the come up right now, Pavlovich, Jailton Almeida, and Aspinall. I feel like of those three, the the guy who has the best chance to fight John Jones is Tom Aspinall. One, he speaks English. That doesn't hurt. Two, Aspinall is huge in one region of the country. He's getting bigger globally, starting to get over. We're seeing his personality shine a little bit. He ain't there yet. But if there's a guy that's on the come up that John will be like, hmm, I can see dollar signs here. It's not Pavlovich. It's not Jelton Almeida. It's Tom Aspinall, 100%. We didn't learn a whole lot from Tom Aspinall against Marcin Tybora. Like, the result was not that surprised. I didn't think it would be 73 seconds. But I, don't, I didn't see anybody predict Tybora winning. And on the other side of that, I didn't see anybody predicting Tom Aspinall getting a finish outside of round one. So this was perfect matchmaking. This was perfect matchmaking. Let's get Tom a win and a big finish. Let's send the crowd home happy. That's exactly what they did. That's exactly what they did. With Tom, we will learn more in his next fight. If he does that to Cyril Gaon, damn, you got something. If he does that to Pavlovich, damn, you got something. I'm just, I, I'm, look, Bisbing is, like you said, there's a bias there. They have a relationship. They're tight. Bisbing gets a little excited at times. And he's also under, Bisbing also understands that hot takes sell right now. And that's a super hot take. To, to say that John Jones is all the candle to Tom Aspinall is ridiculous. It's just a ridiculous statement. It's insane. John's the best fighter ever. In most people's minds. And what like I'm just not quite I'm just not there. I am I do think that we will live in a world where those two guys fight each other. But that's where I'm at. That's it's a little premature, in my in my humble opinion. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And then, yeah, Anthony, Yo, go ahead. Good morning. Up, I just had a quick question. Uh, I was looking at, uh, I was trying to figure this out for myself, but I, I just couldn't, so I'm, I'm asking you. The Ryzen card, Bellator Ryzen, does it start, uh, it's not on tape delay, is it? Because I'm looking at Ryzen's website, and it says, like, 
they're letting people in in the building and it was a japanese it was written in japanese so i i was like all right so they're saying they're letting people in the building at 10 a.m and it starts at 12 uh in the afternoon on sunday for them so that would be live for us would it or not nah? i don't know thank you so from i, I believe it's going to be aired i believe it's going to be live because they're going to do so basically the bellator versus rising card is going to be like the prelims for the actual event. So Bellator versus Ryzen is going to go first. That's going to start at 11 p.m. Eastern. I believe it's going to be live on Showtime. The Ryzen card itself, I don't think it will be on Showtime. I don't believe it's going to be on Showtime. I think it's on Fight TV. I think it's something you have to buy on Fight. But Bellator Ryzen is going to be on Showtime. It's going to air live at 11 p.m. Eastern. It's just tough, man. Like, it's, it's just a bummer. Because, like, I'm going to watch it. Like, I like the card. I liked it better with Patricky versus AJ in there because AJ is the biggest star in the company. They just locked him up. He was going to get a great win over Patricky Pitbull. I think AJ McKee was going to absolutely truck Patricky Pitbull. And it would have been a good thing to keep building in this Grand Prix. I like, I like Satoshi a lot. But I don't know how that fight's going to go. I friggin' love the Horiguchi-Takahashi fight. Absolutely love it. That should be the main event. It should have been the main event, even with AJ on the card, in my opinion. Love that fight. I like the Watanabe-Veda-Ortega fight. Must win for both ladies, in my opinion. Danny Sabs is always fun. Fight Magomed Magomedov. That's a really interesting fight. And then Lorenz Larkin, Andre Koreshkov, too. That, like, that's a fun fight. Like, this is a good card. The problem is no one is going to watch this card live. Very few people. No one's going to see the first two fights. Because everyone's going to be watching UFC 291. Everyone's going to be watching Spence Crawford. And by the time 291 ends, it's going to be like 1 a.m. Eastern. Maybe you'll get to watch the last two fights. I'm not going to watch it till like Sunday afternoon. When I'm at the airport ready to fly home after the watch party, that's when I'll watch the card. I'll go back and watch it. I'll probably know everything that happened, but you just got to be like, it's just tough timing, man. Like you could not have picked a worse day to have this card. You just can't. You could not have picked a worse time. And then the rising cards right after that, um, And that'll be fun, too. Asakura versus Karamov. Hiramasa versus Monarch Joletta. Izawa Lopez will be... Seika Izawa's really good. Patricio Pitbull's fighting Suzuki now. We got Tofik Masayev on the card. There's, there's a lot to like there. There's a lot to like. Super rising. It'll be a fun watch. It'll be a fun watch. Just the timing, man. It's just tough. It's going to be – there are – look, there are people out there. If if I wasn't doing everything else, like after 291, I would watch it live. I'd probably watch both live. But right after 291, like we get the press conference stream. I go back to the hotel. We got to do the post-fight show, all the stuff work-wise afterwards. So I'm just, I'm just going to miss it live. I'll go back and watch, but if, if you got it in you and 
you can hang and watch everything and you get a real good night's sleep and watch it all, I think you're going to be happy. Like, I think the Bellator Rising 2 card is really good. Super Rising 2 is going to be super fun because every Rising card is super fun. I kind of wish it was like the next day. Like everything was the next day, but it is what it is. Matt, what's up? I wanted to say I am very glad that um, this Bellator Rising card isn't on tape delay. I mean, I understand it's like on the worst night possible, but I'm glad it's not on tape delay like it was last time. I mean, that just totally ruins the experience, in my opinion. And, um, you know, one thing that I've been wanting to say for a while, but I hadn't been able to get in is I think that the disrespect towards Aljo as a champ is just the worst. I mean, he's pretty active as a champ, uh, in the grand scheme of things. I know that he did have a little bit of a layoff for the surgery, but I mean, besides that, he seemed pretty active and, you know, uh, I was watching Dana talk after one of his fights and he was like, Oh yeah. I mean, Oh, it was the Pantoja fight. He was like, well, we can't go ahead and just give Pantoja a fight right off the bat. I mean, he's got to go home and rest with his family. That was a fucking war. And it was like, what the fuck do you think Aljo just got done with Henry? So, I mean, for me, I just think that the disrespect for Aljo is just insane. And I, I hate it personally. I mean, I think that he is a good champ for 135. Is he the best? No, but I think he's a good champ for 135. He might be the best, though, which is crazy. He might be the best Bantamweight champion ever. If he beats Sean O'Malley, I think he breaks the He's tied for the most – he's got the most consecutive title defenses. He's tied for the most title defenses in the division. And if he beats Sean O'Malley, he's on – he's by himself. And I know it's – like, he's had a super weird run. Totally get it. Wins the belt by DQ – which I still don't understand why Aljo gets blamed for that. Like, Piotr Jan had a choice to make. He made it, and he paid for it. It's the rules. You can't knee a fighter while he's down. And you can't knee him in the face and expect the dude to come back after working forever to actually get a title shot. So I still don't get why people give Aljo shit for taking an illegal knee to his fucking face and winning the belt. It's not his fault. Those are the rules and it's not his fault. He took the illegal knee. And then from there, it's just been super weird. I thought Aljo clearly won the rematch. I was there close fight, kind of a weird fight, but I thought Aljo clearly won. The TJ fight was the TJ fight just rubs me the wrong way. And again, it has nothing to do with Aljamain Sterling. That is a UFC problem because why was TJ Dillashaw getting a title shot when Jose Aldo was right there? Instead, you give Jose Aldo a rob to Wallace Willie. That whole thing drives me insane. Drives me up the wall. And then after watching Dillashaw enter the cage with one shoulder and just get, I honestly think Aljo would have lit him up anyways. But just seeing how that all played out, like, really pissed me off. Like, it really made me mad. So, again, not Aljo's fault. He took what he was given, and he won. And then he fights Cejudo. I thought Aljo clearly won the fight. There's some weird judging going on. But, again, it's just been a super weird run. And even if he goes out and just 
runs Sean O'Malley, is he going to get the credit for that? Well, O'Malley wasn't that good to begin with. Like, I could see it. For, I could see it. I could see it coming. And then, yeah, I think, look, Aljo's going to be one of those guys like DJ, like DC, where he will be much more appreciated when his career is over. DC hung, along, hung around a little bit too long, won the heavyweight title. In hindsight, if he walked away then, like, what a perfect time to walk out. Then he loses the two Steve Bay fights. And at that point, like, the heavyweight division was being held kind of hostage. We were just seeing the same three guys over and over again. We tried interim titles. We tried all sorts of craziness. And then Francis changed that, that whole narrative when he knocked Stipe out. But, yeah, Aljo's just one of those dudes. And I'm really interested to see what's going to happen here. If he beats Sean O'Malley, I'm probably picking. I'm probably going to picking him to do so. He says he's going to vacate and go up to 145. What's the UFC going to do? Are they just going to give him a title fight? Or are they going to just do – are they just going to continuously disrespect the man and not give him a title fight? Something tells me he's not going to get a title fight. They're just going to chuck him in there with like if Loyev or like Ilya Tapori or something is like, yeah, you beat this dude, then you get a title shot. Unless Volk like stands by his side. But yeah, Aldridge is underappreciated. Does not get the love he deserves. The, the, the run is super weird. And no matter what happens with Sean O'Malley, it's just going to continue to be super weird. But I'm with you, man. He gets no love from the UFC. It's like DJ and Tyron Woodley. Like, combine the two runs and how they were promoted and how Dana always spoke about those two guys. Aljo's like the the middle ground between those two. It's it's insane. It's nuts. James, hello. Hey, Mike. Heck of a morning to you. Hey, hey, uh, very quick on the Aljo thing. I always thought he was disrespected because he didn't continue after the illegal knee. I could be wrong on that, but that was kind of my feeling always on it but he definitely should not have continued i don't think he was acting like a lot of people think but uh i just have two quick questions for you um me personally i always get nervous when we kind of go to new cities i know we went to utah last year but i always get scared over the judging but in your opinion what is the best state like athletic commission wise kind of curious to hear i always thought it was uh, Vegas, but Vegas has definitely had their problems lately. And uh, also with the Elon Musk and uh, Mark Zucker thing, I think I speak for all of us where I just really don't care. But if you got to see two celebrities uh, fight in an MMA setting, who would you pick? For me personally, we've seen them fight with words on BTL, Brian Campbell and Jed Mishu. I think that the build to that fight would just be awesome. Fight itself might not be that good, but and we'll have some great press conferences. Um, enjoy the fights, Mike. I uh, can't wait to watch you guys on the watch party tomorrow, and everyone have a heck of a weekend. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, man. Dude, BC and Jed would be fun. Jed is trained, though. Jed does have some training. But BC, I think BC and I are kind of cut from the same cloth, where it ain't going to be pretty, but we're scrappy as shit. And BC reminds me of like a dude that's like ridiculously scrappy. And we'll just just do whatever he's got to do to win. Um, but that would be fun. It's raw. It's 
I know they're like trying to like pretend to be buddies. And even though the rock weighs like a million pounds more rock Vin diesel for sure. Those two guys fucking hate each other. And I still believe to this day they hate each other. So that'd be fun. I kind of hope Zuck Musk happens now because I want Zuck to just put the boots to Elon. Just put the boots to him. And just do pink slips for social media sites. Put Twitter on the line. Put it all on the line so when Zuck wins, we can go back to Twitter. We can go back to normal. Because, like, how could you just, how could you ruin something like this? It's so bad. Every decision that he has made has been an awful one. Uh, but do I think the fight happens? No. Do I think the fight happens? No, I do not. Best commission is California by a mile. Andy Foster does a great job over there. Um, we get fighter payouts, which is always nice. Um, they seem to be on the cutting edge of rules and regulations, and they just do it right. So it's California by a mile on that. Someone asked earlier about, and I forgot, but it just kind of hit me right now. Uh, someone asked earlier about, do I see a world where we get Izzy Alex three at two Oh five. If Alex wins the title and the answer is yes, absolutely. If Alex beats John and then Alex beats Yuri and wins the title, that fight is going to happen. It's going to happen. If Izzy wins two more fights, and it all lines up. That fight is 1000% going to happen. Izzy's going to go to two Oh five and try to get that second title again. I think it's going to happen sooner rather than later. I don't know what's going to happen with Izzy now. It seems like the Strickland fight could be a thing. Um, so from what I kind of gathered, like, look, it's a, again, don't be going out there and be like, oh, Mike's saying it's done. No, it's not done. It's not done. But from what I understand, because I know someone asked about this yesterday, Izzy DDP – what Izzy said was, I think the UFC, from what I understand, is the UFC wanted to take like one more stab at DDP to see if it could happen. It doesn't look like it is. It seemed like there wasn't a lot of interest in doing the Strickland fight. Um, but over the last day or so, it seems like there might be interest again in doing that fight because they're running out of time. So it could happen. It, it seems like we might do it now. But nothing is done. Nothing is officially offered yet. Um and things could change tomorrow. Who the fuck knows? Um, but it went from, yeah, maybe we do this to, nah, we're not going to do it to, yeah, maybe we have to do this. And that's kind of where we're at right now. Still at a standstill, but Strickland even tweeted some stuff out yesterday, kind of talking about it too. So let me see if I can pull up the tweet. Somebody let me know about it. But let me just say where are you uh ufc history sean fight this good guy on two days notice sean fight this guy we want to be the next big name in the top five he beats you sure sean we might have you fly across the world on five weeks notice to fight the champion sure so it looks like sean's saying that might happen now so izzy will probably beat strickland they'll do izzy ddp and then after that it just seems like Izzy's going to go to 205 regardless, but if Pereira's the champion, they're going to get they're going to go to that well real quick. We could live in a world, folks, where we get Izzy versus Yuri too, and Jesus Christ, that's insanity. 
All right, last call. We got to go to Latino Heat, and then uh, the weigh-ins are going to be starting at about three minutes on the YouTube channel. So I want to make sure you guys can go check that out. So Latino Heat, take us home. Mm-hmm. Hello, good morning, first of all. But um, out, my question is: Do you ever believe Ryzen will ever be a well-renowned re- name MMA promotion? I think they kind of are. Look, they're not like a. I mean, they're certainly not the UFC or Bellator. Like, they're not in the the top four. You know what I mean? But Ryzen to me is like, there is a, I know like pro wrestling is huge now and there's like more of a boom. But pro wrestling in like the mid to late 90s, I mean, that's where it was at. Like WCW was killing it. WWE was killing it. We had a lot of good shit on the independents. We had ECW. ECW was crazy, and they did different things. It was more fun. Um, they had the blood and gut stuff, but they also had like really good wrestling. They were like the under, sort of the underground powerhouse that was a brand that most hardcore wrestling fans knew. Ryzen reminds me, and with a much better business structure. They remind me of like what ECW was in like the mid to late nineties where the hardcores love them. Their cards never let you down. If you want to go there live, it's like, like the bucket list kind of a thing. Like I'd love to go to a rising show, like a new year's Eve show. That'd be a bucket list thing to do. And like I said before, it never lets you down. You go watch a rising card. You're like, damn, that was fun. Especially the big ones, the super cards, new year's Eve, they're just awesome. But will they become just this like global powerhouse? No. And you know what? I kind of don't want them to be. I like them the way they are. Fighters want to go there. They want to go and fight for them. Like guys who just don't cut it in the UFC, but are really fun. Go to Ryzen. Look at John, look at what John Dotson's done. Dude's loving life right now. Warnock Chalette is doing really well. Like, I know he's really still a really good band but he loves fighting in Japan. It's just a cool, different thing. I've talked to, like, over the years, I've talked to, like, you, you have former UFC fighters who got released, and you're just like, well, what do you want to do now? And all of them say, without hesitation, well, I would love to do this, but if I had the choice, I would go fight in Japan. I'd go fight for Ryzen. Because they just want to experience that. And there's something different there. So, no. Do I think they'll be, like, in the conversations with the Ones and the Bellators and PFLs and the UFCs? No. But I don't want them to be either. When you try to get too big, that's when you start running into problems. Just like ECW did. ECW tried to become too big. They got on TV. And then everything fell apart. So, they'll just keep them. And they're very surprised. Pretty damn successful over there. People, they go out and sell out Saitama all the time. And people love going to those cards and fans who go and watch it, love it. So it's just another option. It's a different kind of a vibe than watching UFC or Bellator or, you know, one's a different kind of vibe. Not for everybody, but it's a different kind of vibe. PFL, with all their shortcomings, and boy, are there a lot of them, they do something a little bit different. And difference good. Difference good for all of us. I know it's tough to keep up with everything, 
But I kind of like Ryzen just being the just a fun, hardcore promotion in a lot of respects. And I wouldn't want it any other way. All right, everybody. Thank you very much. We are done. You all are the best. Uh, so weigh-ins going on right now. Check it out, MMA Fighting YouTube channel. So we'll see everything that goes down there. We will have a UFC 291 preview show live on the YouTube channel, 2.30 p.m. Eastern time, 11.30 a.m. Pacific. It'll be myself, Shaheen Alshadi, and my best friend, A.K. Lee, talking all things UFC 291. Tomorrow morning, on a plane to New York, we will have the People's Pre-Fight Show before UFC 291, 5.45 p.m. Eastern, myself and E. Casey Lydon. And then on to the Vox Media Studios, joining up with my, my man GC for the UFC 291 watch party. I cannot wait. It is going to be incredible. I don't feel like shit. I don't have strep throat, which is even better because that's what happened the last time I was there. Uh, so I'm going to be jovial and ready and excited and fired up. Uh, AK and I will be back on Sunday for on to the next one. And then I fly home. And then Monday I'm home. And then Tuesday off to Dallas. Uh, myself and the entire MMA Hour crew to get you ready for Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz. We got UFC Nashville next week. There's just so much shit going on. Uh, so thank, thanks for sticking with us. No show Tuesday, by the way. Just can't make it happen. It's a travel day, so it's just impossible to do. Uh, so we'll be back on this show. Likely Thursday? I don't know. We'll figure it out. I'll let you guys know. But thank you all very much. Enjoy the fights this weekend. Have a heck of a morning. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.